the Code Nubby podcast, where we talk to people on their coding journey and hopes of helping you on yours. I'm your host, Ron, and today we're talking about remote work with Kara Luton, software engineer at CrowdStrike. Like, you have to kind of be more outspoken when you're remote because you don't have your coworker sitting right next to you. You can't just turn and look and see if they have a moment to chat. If you have a question for Kara after listening, don't miss the Ask Me Anything session she's hosting on the Code Newbie Community Forum. Just head to community.codenewbie.org and you'll find her thread on her homepage and she'll answer you directly in the comments. That's community.codenewbie.org. In this episode, Kara talks about her biggest challenges transitioning into remote work, how she managed those challenges, and her experiences working remotely before and after the pandemic. After this. Are you looking to connect with a diverse audience of developers? Look no further. You can partner with us here at the Code Newbie Podcast, and we'll help get your message out to our incredible listeners in an ad just like this one, led by me, your host. Contact us by emailing sponsors at codenewbie.org. Thanks so much for being here. Yeah, thank you so much. So, Kara, you are a career transitioner who was pursuing dancing. Tell us how you got into development. Yeah, so I had done ballet my entire life from when I was three, and I kind of started taking it more seriously when I was in high school. I started going to summer intensives by different ballet companies, and those are kind of just like summer camps for kids doing ballet. And the summer before my senior year of high school, I went to the Joffrey Ballet Summer Intensive in New York City, and they offered to let me do a traineeship. So I actually ended up moving there my senior year of high school finishing high school online and doing that. And when it was coming time for me to think about college, that's kind of when I was like, okay, do I want to keep pursuing ballet? Do I want to do something different? So I ended up moving back home to Nashville and I studied public relations. And after graduating, I got a job in the music industry doing PR. And I had done that for a few years. I was getting really burnt out. I was really stressed all the time. My anxiety was at a high and I was like, I need to figure something out. So I actually stumbled upon Code Academy and started teaching myself to code and enrolled in a boot camp. And I've been in tech ever since. Wow, that's so exciting. So you went from ballet, PR, music to to coding. That's really exciting. Yeah, quite a transition. (laughs) Yeah. So when you first started coding, what did that look like? What were you doing? I went to the Iron Yard, which was a boot camp. It was 12 weeks long and I was studying front end engineering. So it was a lot of, we were learning HTML, CSS, vanilla JavaScript, and then my cohort studied Vue and Ember as our frameworks. So it was a lot of in the morning class time, learning about new topics, and then in the afternoon, applying those and working on various projects. And what was that bootcamp experience like? I'm sure there's tons of people who are maybe considering it, thinking about it. What was your experience like there? I mean, it's like a fire hose of information constantly (laughs) coming at you. I feel like once I kind of got the grasp of one concept. We were like, oh, here's a new one. Got to learn this. And I mean, it was 12 weeks long. It's hard to learn anything in 12 weeks, but it kind of preps you for the basics of what you need to know. And then obviously most people coming into software engineering or currently in it know that we're always constantly learning. So it kind of just preps Mm. you to how to teach yourself. So what kinds of things have you worked on since graduating from that bootcamp? So my previous job, I worked at an advertising agency. So I was doing a lot of marketing websites for different companies. 
though I got to practice a lot of HTML and CSS and a little bit of JavaScript with those. And now I'm an engineer at CrowdStrike, and so I work on our product. So as an engineer at CrowdStrike, what projects do you work on there? CrowdStrike, we help stop breaches. So I'm working kind of on the platform that our customers interact with. Sometimes it's external, sometimes it's internal stuff, but it's getting to work on the front end of that and making sure it all looks nice and is working exactly how we want. How has your past career influenced your current job as a developer, either with the day-to-day or maybe breaking into tech? How did that background of ballet and music, how did that come into play? Especially public relations, I feel like I'm more of an introverted person. I used to hate going out and giving talks and having to be in front of people, but that really helped me break out of my shell. And I feel like it's really good for being a developer because now I'm not afraid to get in front of clients and show them what we're working on. Mm. My last job, I felt like I was always the one to kind of stand up and be like, oh yeah, I'll talk to the client. It's fine. So it's really helped boost my confidence in that. And then ballet, you know, You wouldn't think ballet and software engineering have anything in common, but Mm -hmm. there's so many things like paying attention to the little details that translates into software engineering. And I'm really grateful for my ballet and PR background because there's so many things that have translated from those into what I do now. Mm, Like what? So like I said, the paying attention to the little details, ballet, you know, practicing all the time. That's something that we have to do as software engineers is just keep going, keep learning new things. Mm-hmm. PR especially helped me with my writing skills. And, you know, oh, as yeah. yeah, as developers, we're not always just writing code. We're writing our documentation, doing meetings, kind of organizing our thoughts. So I feel like being in PR and having to write those email pitches all the time and press releases got me really thinking about the little words that make a difference and what I'm trying to say to somebody. Yeah, they say all the time that, you know, people skills are harder than coding skills in development. And between, you know, being music and doing PR and advertising, I feel like you've probably got the people skills down pat. Yeah, I'm really, I'm really grateful that I learned those from my past. And, you know, I wish I would have discovered coding when I was younger, because I think I really would have loved it. But I'm really grateful for the path that has gotten me here eventually. Mm -hmm. So Kara, you wrote a post on Dev titled Reflecting on One Year of Remote Work. And you wrote this back in February of 2020. So now it's been two years of remote work. And I know that plenty of people have been thrust into, you know, the world of remote work because of the pandemic. And, you know, we're trying to figure out, is this permanent? Is it short term? What's it going to be? So reflecting on the two years, what are your initial thoughts? Yeah, it was so funny. I wrote that article right before the pandemic started, not knowing that all of this is going to be happening and more people will be looking at it because they're working remote now, too. Obviously, working remote in a pandemic is different (laughs) than just (laughs) working remote. I feel like there's a lot more stress on people. But now that I've hit two years, I've kind of gotten into that flow of what works for me when working remote and just how to take it day by day and interact with my coworkers when they're not right next to me. Absolutely. So tell me about some of those differences. What was it like in year one? And what were the changes you saw in year two? So year one, I would say the first couple of months, I was kind of in that like honeymoon period. I loved being remote. It was so nice. Mm. I had a 40 minute commute one way at my previous job. So it was just like a whole new world of oh, I have all these hours in the day to do other things. Uh huh. Uh-huh. <laughs> and so I was kind of that honeymoon period. And then kind of months three, four and on, I didn't like it. I was having oh. a really hard time because I didn't know if I messaged somebody on Slack, like, 
am I bugging them or mm. can they take the time to answer a question? And I kind of had to learn now in year two, I realized like, it's okay. Like I'll ping someone. And if they don't have the time at the moment, they'll get back to me when they can. Like you have to kind of be more outspoken when you're remote because you don't have your coworkers sitting right next to you. You can't just turn and look and see if they have a moment to chat. You want to put yourself out there more and show that you're there and that if you have a question, you've got to reach out right away instead of kind of just like waiting for somebody to see if they're available. Yeah, those social cues are, are kind of gone. You mm -hmm. don't really get to kind of feel people out before you approach them. So yeah, I totally understand that. And then what changed in year two? It was different. Year two, I feel like I'm just much more confident in my ability to work remote. I feel like I have my schedule down. You know, I just moved into a house, so I have my separate office. Whereas before, oh, nice. my I had kind of like an apartment set up, so I didn't have a completely separate space from work and home life. But now I kind of do, which is really nice. Things like that, like I know when I can reach out to coworkers, I kind of have that better understanding of how to reach out when we all are all remote. Especially my team, we're spread across multiple time zones, multiple countries, even. So kind of wow. working on that balance of, okay, my team members in London, I know I can reach out to them now. Let's go ahead and prioritize this so we're both on a good time zone and can figure it out at a good time. So you talked earlier about how working through a pandemic is different than, you know, when, when there wasn't a pandemic. How has the pandemic specifically affected your remote work experience? Yeah, so for me specifically, you know, my husband is now working remote as well. So he's home every day. So it's kind of having to balance that, you know, when he would leave before, I'm like, okay, I'm in work zone. Like, I got this. And now he's home. Luckily, we do have space where he has a separate office space. But, you know, for a while when we were in our apartment, we were working together. So it was trying to figure out that balance of, oh, you have a meeting. No, I have a meeting. We can't both be talking. We have completely different work ethics. Like, mm. I love having music on or the TV on in the background while I work. I need that kind of white noise, whereas he likes it completely silent. So I think he was happy when we got our separate offices because he's like, oh, I don't have to listen to, <laughs> to her stuff anymore. Yeah, And then yeah. just working the pandemic, you know, there's so much more stress on everybody with everything that's going on, worrying about family members and friends and trying to keep your distance. And that doesn't normally weigh on you. So it makes working remote in the pandemic just that much harder. I've heard a lot of people say online that, you know, you're not working remotely, you know, through a pandemic, you're dealing with a pandemic and trying to get work done. Exactly. Versus, you know, it's a totally different reframing of the situation. How have you personally been dealing with that? I have been taking it day by day. I had family. My parents actually moved from Nashville to Kansas during the pandemic. So that was kind of hard to deal with because I hadn't seen them in a while. And here they are moving to a different state. But I do little things to help myself get out, especially like working remote. You want to try to get out during the day. You don't want to be sitting at your desk for the whole eight hours or nine hours. I try to get out and take a walk and get away from my desk for a little bit during the day it really helps. Is your company looking to connect with a diverse audience of developers? Look no further. The dev community is the go-to destination for developers to learn, connect, and support each other. 
You can share your message with the 15 million developers that visit every single month by using our powerful native advertising platform. To learn more, visit dev.2 slash advertise. So you mentioned the lack of social cues as being an issue um, in that first year when you were transitioning. One of the other things that I know people have dealt with with remote work who are transitioning to remote work is just the loneliness, you know, just being Mm -hmm. alone in the, you know, in the home. And I think this year it's been good that your husband's there with you. But how have you been dealing with that? Do you feel that isolation from your coworkers, that social aspect of it? How's that been? Yeah, my team has been really good about hosting happy hours or other times to get together, which has really helped. It is crazy because normally we have a offsite where we all get together and can kind of meet new team members and have that kind of team bonding time. And last year, because of the pandemic, we didn't have it. I'm sure we're not going to have it again this year. So it's been hard because we're adding so many new members to the team and I haven't gotten the chance to meet them face to face because that it really does make the difference when you can kind of meet someone in person and chat with them, especially when you've only been chatting over like Slack. So I'm curious to hear a little bit more about some of these happy hours, some of these, uh, you know, real time events. What has worked for you and what, you know, maybe what hasn't? So we as a team, I've just been getting together, setting aside time every other week for an hour at the end of our days. And we all just kind of sit and chat. You know, it is a little bit harder over Zoom because there's not those natural like breakouts between people. It's kind of only one can talk at a time. But it's really nice to kind of set aside work for a little bit and get to know your coworkers. Everybody shows off their pets or their little ones, their kids. And it's so nice just to see everybody in a kind of less formal way. Do you ever get tired of, uh, of just being on Zoom and just being on too many video calls? Have you reached Zoom fatigue yet? Yes. I mean, I feel like <laughs> it's hard not to reach Zoom fatigue. Yeah. Since I was remote before the pandemic, I kind of got used to it. But now I feel like everything's kind of like ramped up more. Right, right. But my team's really good about like, hey, if you need a day to not be on video, that's totally fine. Like, right, I'll right. I'm like, oh, I'm wearing sweats. I haven't washed my hair. I'm, just, I'm not going on camera today. <laughs> So it sounds like, you know, between you, your personal setup and what your company's doing, it sounds like you've kind of, you know, gone through some of those challenges and pain points. It looks like you're, it sounds like you're in a great place now. What continues to be a challenge? What are some things that, you know, are still issues in the remote work situation? I am a little bit more junior than the rest of the team. I haven't been doing this for forever. So sometimes being isolated, being remote, I feel like I kind of push myself a little too long when I have a question sometimes because, like I said, I feel like I'm bugging people if I reach out all the time, even though my team does not see it that way. They are more Mm -hmm. than happy to help. Mm -hmm. But it's kind of like that own thing, especially coming from PR. It was like you have to know the answer to everything. You don't want to seem like you have questions. And now Uh, people in software engineering, people have questions all the time. It's okay to ask a question. Totally different. Mm -hmm. So especially being remote and not having those social cues, it was hard for me to adjust to. And I still am kind of getting used to that. What are things that you like about working remotely? What's uh, really been a benefit for you? I love that I can stop in the middle of the day and go to a workout class or take a walk. Playing with my dogs is kind of the best thing. You know, when you're stressed, having a stressful day, it's nice to be able to run around with my pets for Mm. a little bit and have them there. And yeah, just having the flexibility is honestly the biggest thing. I 
am no longer spending an hour and a half of my day commuting. I can use that time for something else like reading or like I said, working out, anything like that. It just it really opens up the doors for so many different things. Let's talk about some of your tools. You know, obviously, video call, uh, we talked about using Zoom already. What are Mm -hmm. some other tools for remote work that have really worked for you and that have helped with the transition? Having a big monitor. (laughs) (laughs) That's important. Yeah. Yes. I used to be team, like laptop only. I didn't understand people who had monitors and now I'm like (laughs) addicted to mine. I want another Figuring out the setup for you, having a good desk, especially a good chair. You don't want to be sitting on a terrible chair all day. Mm-hmm. Oh, chair is important. Yeah. Yes. And now since I am remote all the time and doing calls, I got a microphone to make sure I just sound my best. Mm-hmm. I have a little light yep, for when yep. I'm on video calls just to make sure like, you know, we are on video calls a lot. Just making sure I sound and look the best. That way I'm not having to explain things over and over because my coworkers can't hear me. <laughs> <laughs> yes, exactly. I mean, that setup, man, that equipment is everything. Mm-hmm. I used to have like studio lights because I used to do more like video stuff a couple years mm-hmm. ago. And I kind of forgot I had them. And I was like, oh, I should get a light. And my husband's like, you know, we have literally studio lights like in the <laughs> closet. And I busted them out. And man, they made such a big difference. Um, oh, yeah. I highly recommend getting some lighting. Mm-hmm. So in terms of working with your coworkers, is it mostly, you know, Slack, GitHub and Zoom or other other tools, maybe internal tools that you use as well? No, we mostly use Slack and Zoom and we use Bitbucket instead of GitHub, but kind of those areas is especially Slack. We're always constantly talking on Slack. I feel like occasionally we'll email depending if I were talking to somebody in a different department, but definitely for the UX team and engineering, we're always chatting on Slack. And how do code reviews work? Uh, How's that process when it's remote? Do you like it better? I think I do. Sometimes there is a difficulty of maybe not totally getting your point across and what you changed and why you changed it. We're really working on that on my team about how to kind of more thoroughly explain what happened, especially for someone who doesn't have as much context around the area of the app that you're working in. But I really like how it's all asynchronous. You know, I can post up a code review and my coworkers in London can look at it the next morning. Everybody else will look at it the next day. But it is also hard being remote with code reviews because you can't just nudge someone next to you and be like, hey, can you take a look at that PR that mm-hmm. I have? Yeah. So yeah. sometimes things go stale, but we're actually kind of trying to work up on a solution of that, of how to automatically like nudge someone if they haven't taken a look at a PR. So what would you say to people who are maybe a little bit nervous about the remote aspects of code, especially, you know, being new, I think is maybe a little bit more challenging when you need that extra support, that extra help. What would you say to folks who are maybe a little bit nervous about going remote? If you're nervous about being remote, just remember that your team members are still there to help you. They may not be sitting right next to you, but you can always send them a message on Slack or Teams, whatever you're using, and they will help out. Set up Zoom calls to just do introductions to get to know your team members. It doesn't have to be anything specific. Like you don't have to be pairing on anything just to sit and chat and do like a little coffee break like you Mm -hmm. normally would at the office just to get Mm -hmm. to know each other. Yeah, yeah. Actually, I'd love to hear a little bit more about kind of what the day looks like. Like I'm thinking, you know, when I used to code in an office, I would, you know, get up, do my commute, get to work, have my coffee, maybe chit in the kitchen for a bit. What does that, you know, process look like when you're doing it entirely remotely? Like, what does your day look like? I try to stick to a similar routine to as if I was in an office just because I'm very type A. I like having that set routine. It kind of gets me in that work mentality. So I wake up a couple of hours before I start my day. 
I usually watch some news. I'll eat breakfast. I don't drink coffee, but I'll drink a soda in the morning. A soda? Interesting. Yeah. I need my caffeine. I need some yeah. source of caffeine. Except I recently tried matcha and I really like it. Oh, so that I think that's going to be great. Right. I think that's yeah. going to be my new caffeine source now. Nice. But once I sit down at my desk, I'm checking my Slack messages, emails. I try not to check those before on my phone just because I'm really trying to like eliminate working outside of hours, mm, which is hard mm-hmm. when you're remote as well because, you know, you're always at your office, really. Right, right, right. And then at lunchtime, I always try to take lunch away from my desk. When you're working from mm. home, it's really easy to be like, oh, I'll just take this meeting or I'll work on this ticket while I'm eating my lunch. But you want to have that mental break just like you would at an office if you're going yeah. out for lunch. Coming up next, Kara talks about how different companies she's worked at have treated remote work after this. So you've worked remotely at the same company or have you worked across a couple of companies? So being full-time remote at the same company, my last job, we could work remote like every once in a while. So I had kind of Mm. like a part-time experience doing it there. Mm. Were there some differences between the two companies and how they treated remote work? Yeah. So at my last company, because remote work wasn't and kind of official thing that a lot of people did. We didn't have full-time remote workers. I could definitely tell a difference in meetings. So at my current company at CrowdStrike, when we have meetings, some people are in the office, obviously not right now, but when they were in the office, you're still treated as if everybody's remote. Everybody logs on Mm. to Zoom calls individually. It's not the situation where you're in a meeting and you're at home and people are at the office and you can't hear them because the mic's not close enough to them. At CrowdStrike, they're really saying, okay, everybody's treated as if they're remote, even if they're in the office. So we are all on the same level when it comes to doing like meetings and things like that. I've had that experience too, where I was consulting for a company and they did so well with their remote work that it was, I think, months before I realized they were in the same room together. Oh, wow. Like, I just didn't realize that I was the only person who was actually remote because they just Mm -hmm. did so well with, like, individual cameras, everyone logged in. And and I was like, what? You're all there? (laughs) It was was really trippy. So, yeah, I love when companies do that. Yeah, it's really That's what you want out of a company when you're remote, though. So now that you have done the remote thing, you've done the in-person thing, which do you prefer? I think ideally I would love kind of like a hybrid situation Mm. where I'm at home maybe three days a week and in the office two days a week because I do still really see the value in that face-to-face time. But I love working remote as well just because of the flexibility. I went back to an office for a couple months for a very short job that I had last year. And when I went back to being remote, I was so happy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, I do not miss that commute in the winter in New York City. Mm-hmm. There's benefits to both for sure, but I'm more of a remote person. Definitely. Now, at the end of every episode, we ask our guests to fill in the blanks of some very important questions. Kara, are you ready to fill in the blanks? I am. Number one, worst advice I've ever received is? It's not necessarily what I've received. I have a family member who actually made the change to coding in her 40s. And, you know, I see it all the time like, oh, you can't make a career change that late. But being in this field now and seeing so many career changers, yes, you can. You totally can do it. 
So if you're sitting there and listening and thinking about making the change to coding and don't know if you can because it's too late, it's it's definitely not. You can always make a career change. Mm. It doesn't matter at your age. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Number two, best advice I've ever received is? The best advice I've ever received is if you're stuck on a problem, take a break. Mm. There have oh, yeah. been so oh, yeah. many times where I'm stuck on a JavaScript issue, and if I just take a 10-minute break, go grab a snack or play with my dog. you need. Exactly. It's like that mental reset, and I come back, and I solve it in like five minutes, and I get so mad mm. at myself. I'm like, I should have taken a break sooner. <laughs> <laughs> For sure. Number three, my first coding project was about? My first coding project officially at my boot camp was just a static website that we had to replicate. So we got like a sketch file. And it was just HTML and CSS, no JavaScript. But that was my official first project. I think it's still on my GitHub. It'd actually be really interesting to look back at it. Mm-hmm. Number four, one thing I wish I knew when I first started to code is? One thing I wish I knew when I first started coding is that practice doesn't make perfect. It makes progress. No, I love that. Yeah, I am a perfectionist. And when I went into this, I knew like oh, some people have been doing this for years and years. And I feel like if they write a function or something, whenever they're working on, they get it right the first time. But that hardly ever happens when you're when you're coding. So I kind of had to learn that, you know, I'm going to get better at this as I keep practicing. I'm going to make progress. Mm-hmm. But, you know, there's no such thing as perfection in coding. Mm-hmm. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, that is a great lesson to learn as soon as you can learn it. Oh, yeah. Um, <laughs> you'll be you'll be a lot happier that way. Well, thank you so much for joining us. Thank you. This show is produced and mixed by Levi Sharp. You can reach out to us on Twitter at CodeNewbies or send me an email, hello at CodeNewbie.org. Join us for our weekly Twitter chats. We've got our Wednesday chats at 9 p.m. Eastern Time and our weekly coding check-in every Sunday at 2 p.m. Eastern Time. For more info on the podcast, check out www.CodeNewbie.org slash podcast. Thanks for listening. See you next week.